Hello and welcome back to our Develop Podcast. This is your host, Danielle Reynolds, Business Development Manager at Whitley Penn, and I am so excited to be with you all as we continue to connect, learn, and grow together. Joining us today is a very special guest, my boss, mentor, the person who actually hired me here at Whitley Penn eight years ago, and dear friend, Felix Lozano, our current Chief Growth Officer at the firm. Felix, welcome back to the Develop Podcast, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Daniel. Glad to be back. I think you're like, I think this is number two or three that you've been on the podcast, so you're (laughs) a great recurring guest. Um, Well, let's dive right in. So we've had you on before, like I said, talking about developing a growth mindset, and it's something you've really embedded into the firm, um, in particular these last two years as our Chief Growth Officer, and I think before then, too. So you're now set to retire at the end of this year. Yes. I'm trying to hold back my tears right now, but you've worn a lot of different leadership hats throughout your tenure. So how would you tell your Whitley Penn story and and what do you hope to be remembered by? Yeah, you know, I would say that um, it's really pretty easy. When I came here, I didn't know what I would find 29 years ago. Uh, But I knew what I always wanted in my career, which was to be around a lot of highly talented, intelligent people, smarter than me, um, who are all wanting to do their best and give their best uh, and grow. And for me, I found that at Whitley Penn. It was it was almost like you can come to Whitley Penn, even from 29 years ago, you can come today, and if that's a group of people you want to circulate yourself with, um, then you'll find success on a personal, professional level that's like your family. You're going to be here eight hours a day at a minimum, so that's one third of your life in your career. So why wouldn't you want to be around some someone that's like your family, that's wanting to do the best, give the best, and be their best? Um, so for me, the Whitley Penn story is, if you can look at it, your team members across your service line, your industry, your market, uh, wherever you're at, it, it'll take you back to what your parents asked you as a kid or told you as a child, which is, Tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm Whitley Penn. Yeah. And that's, that's I think, the Whitley Penn story. If you can say your friends are Whitley Penn, then you are Whitley Penn. Yeah. And it just says a lot. I love that. It's so embedded into who you are. And I yeah. think that's it's really true when you start to meet the folks that have been here a while or the ones that are, are new to here, too. Exactly. Um, so how have you navigated the different challenges of both personal and professional growth throughout your career? You know, the, uh, the navigation is really, it's really on the spot learning, right? Um, the personal side, there's a sacrifice, uh, which is success requires a certain amount of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Self-fulfillment requires a certain amount of sacrifice. In both of those, you're giving up of your time. So to navigate that, I think you've got to be mindful of, do you have the family support? Check if you do. Uh, Do you have your team member support? Check if you do. And then all of a sudden, the the navigation becomes really pretty easy in doing the work Mm -hmm. because you've got a couple of... uh, You've got a couple of lighthouses out there that can keep you grounded. Your team members will keep you grounded professionally. Your family will keep you grounded personally. Mm-hmm. And if you have if you have two lighthouses in your life, then the navigation is really easy. Where it gets hard is when you 
only have one. One's better than none. Mm -hmm. And when you have none, then you're probably not at the right firm. Yeah. And I think here at Woodley Penn, I've been fortunate for 29 years. I've got a lot of lighthouses all around me. And you need them in this career because it's demanding. Mm -hmm. And we all know that the time periods of the life that are very demanding and the time periods where you have the ability to step back and breathe, relax. Uh, you don't need a lighthouse at that point. What you need is just pure relaxation <laughs> and separation from from the grind. Uh, but it's it's a it's a pleasant grind if you've got lighthouses to, to help you along the way. That's great advice. So thinking back, you know, spent 29 year, years here at Whitley Penn and a few years prior to that at, at different firms. But was there any pivotal moment in your career that significantly impacted your overall success? You know, I, I've, I've told this story only once um, to a group of my partners a couple of weeks ago. And the pivotal moment, pivotal moment for Felix was really, it was an invitation from Larry 29 years ago to consider joining Whitley Penn, uh, a firm that didn't have an audit department, mm -hmm. uh, that was really small, coming from the firm we came from. And it was, it was the invitation that was it was uh, transformative. It changed. It changed more than my life. It changed my family's life, my kids' life. Uh, and it was also an invitation to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think we were both comfortable with the firm we were at. We had good careers, and by all measures, we probably would have continued to have good careers. Uh, not really calling the shots, and not really leading. But. You know, like so many moments in my life, I've, certain people have seen something in me that I didn't see. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was probably the most impactful moment of my career was that, that invitation. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he, he would agree that it's a pretty good <laughs> invitation, too. <laughs> uh, I always never wanted to take it back. It's a little late now. <laughs> no, y'all have done a great job. So um, as a leader in driving our firm's organizational growth, what role has innovation and adaptability played in your overall approach to our success? You know, adaptability, innovation, uh, I think there's one one ingredient that's necessary for that to come alive and thrive, and that's being open-minded. Mm -hmm. uh, allowing people to take a risk, uh, and in this CPA business, this profession, we're not risk-takers. Uh, we're caretakers of the books. Mm -hmm. of the returns, of the technical preparation, and of our mindset to get the work done. But for innovation and, 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 and creativity to thrive, you, you've got to give people the chance to get out there and take a risk. And the firm has got so many examples. And the one, there's a couple that I'm really happy to have been associated with only because I know the individual. Mm -hmm. uh, one is, you know, Larry, to in the very early stages of our career here. Um, as we saw the landscape changing with wealth, the thought was we should create a wealth division. And we went through a lot of hard work for the partners to be able to create that and then to have a fantastic leader in Tom Ryan to lead that group for so many years. But that was that was that was foresight. Mm -hmm. And that's what Larry does best. That's the foresight of where's the profession going, where do we need to be on innovation and creativity. And then the other was uh, Nathan with the oil and gas outsource accounting. I'll never forget the day Nathan walks into my office in, in Dallas and says, hey, I want to hire this one lady. I have an idea on outsourced 
oil and gas accounting, I believe there's going to be a need for it with private equity groups. And I said, sure, mate, go for it. Mm -hmm. He said, well, the salary's going to be this. And I said, go for it. You just kind of, you'll, and this comes from trusting people. You don't give that immediate blessing or grace or right to someone new off the street. Mm -hmm. You just don't. They need to have a proven track record. And Nathan had a really good proven track record. And so it made it easy because two things were going to happen. One, it was going to work. Two, it was going to fail. And as several of my partners told me, my favorite phrase is failing forward. And mm -hmm. they told me I've been failing forward for 29 years. <laughs> and, and that's a compliment to me. Yeah. Because I don't know that I've taken a ton of risk other than I've allowed people to get creative with their innovation, where we need to go, and, and being a part of it has allowed me to have confidence that my gut's working. You know, you, you want to have a gut check every now and then. Some people need a lot of data mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of time to make a decision. Uh, for 36 years, I've used my gut to make decisions, and it's a good gut check. Yeah. There's been some failures along the way. Don't get me wrong. That's okay. Without, you, you have, can't you have, have success without failures. Right. you got to have. Yeah. So. I love that. Your success rate goes up the more failures you have, right? Totally agree. Got 29 years of them, so yeah. I always take it as a compliment. <laughs> I love it. So kind of going off of that, you know, as a leader, how have you balanced short-term gains and then long-term sustainable growth throughout your decision-making process? Does that come into play? It does. Um, I, I, think, I think you have to have both. Uh, getting back to my gut check, I think you have to have short-term gains that give you confidence mm -hmm. in what you're doing, whether it's hiring, uh, whether it's entering a new market, selling a service, taking on a new client. You have to have some, some quick short-term gains to kind of validate that, one, I, I think I know what I'm doing, two, I think we know what we're doing, and three, I think it's working. Yeah. The long-term gains come from a lot of planning, and having the right team to execute on the goal. Uh, the long-term, wow, the long-term the long -term gains when we decided to come to Dallas, it was long-term, you know. Mm -hmm. I'd been at the firm eight years and I was ready for something different. And those eight years of preparing the firm and the audit department and growing and, and me growing gave us the confidence that coming into a new market could work. Um, but we had a lot of short-term wins those first years, those first eight years. Mm -hmm. They gave us the confidence that, okay, the long-term goal is always to grow. And then you catapult that with, we're doing really well domestically in Texas for the most part. And then we started working throughout different states. And then the next long-term gain was when we decided that we wanted to be part of an international network. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll still never forget the day. Larry comes in and says, hey, we want to join Nexia. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be good for us to be working with clients internationally. That's where the business world is going. That's where the profession's going. And uh, he says, you know, I, I'm not sure who really wants to be a part of this journey. And I was quick to raise my hand because working internationally had always been a goal, a long-term goal of mine. Sure. But we had all these short-term gains and successes that it just made it worthwhile to reach out and get uncomfortable. Yeah. Get a little, getting uncomfortable is just part of growth. Yeah. I 
I love that. So as you're approaching retirement, you know, end of this year, what are your thoughts on on this intersection of personal fulfillment and professional success? You kind of touched on it, but uh, yeah. blending the two together. Yeah, well, you know, it goes back to my growth mindset, right? Personal and professional, you, you got to continue to grow. And, you know, the, the, the cross-section's here. Uh, you know, the career is... The career is the career, and you know there's the next chapter, right? And so, I think we all, at the end of the day, we all get into a career for a reason, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we get degrees, we want to make money. Uh, I'll make no bones about it. You know, I, I wanted to make money, and uh, you spend all these early years and a big chunk of your career accumulating experience, friends, uh, moments in life that you just want to treasure. You accumulate wealth, you accumulate a lot of different things, but now this journey is coming to a crossroads where hopefully I can appreciate what I've learned on that journey and start to appreciate others now. Because mm-hmm. uh, like I said, you know, there are sacrifices in, in any career, mm-hmm. in any level of success. There's, you know, athletes sacrifice hours of, of hard work behind the scenes. You don't see it. You see the football game, you see the result yeah. of all of their experience and training. Uh, same goes with golf or tennis and in this career you spend your whole life accumulating all these different things and so now it's it's time to go out on the stage and as, as if you would and just show the appreciation and you know I think that's that's definitely where my search is leading me now yeah it'll be an exciting new chapter yeah, so so you're a big relationship driven guy you know I think business development and all that comes pretty naturally to you or, or maybe it's something you worked on how do you think the landscape of business relationships evolved during your career and, and what trends do you see shaping future interactions you know uh, 29 years ago it was face to face is where business takes place. Mm-hmm. It just was. It was face to face, and there was nothing better than that. Now, COVID kind of reshaped that a little bit, and, and, and forced us. And technologies allowed us to move to Loom. Yeah. Move to Zoom. Uh, whatever ooms you want to put in there, <laughs> right? But face to face is the place. And I think we're coming full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind getting on a Loom or a Zoom. It's not the same to read the face, the behavioral reactions, uh, connect and bond to see emphatically, you know, can you have empathy with the person with what it is you're trying to help them solve? Or you remove through a screen mm-hmm. and you can't really see that or feel that. And hopefully they have their screen on yeah. so you can see them. But notwithstanding all that and all the changes in technology and LinkedIn and all these wonderful platforms and tools we have, HubSpot, um, Power BI, notwithstanding all that, I'm still a big believer. Face-to-face is the place. My success rate has always been higher when it's face-to-face. If if you put me in front of somebody, I know without a doubt, I'm going to get a yes or I'm going to get a no, and the no is, hey, it's just not right now. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Um, but regardless of the technology improvements and even what's going to happen with AI, um, and I don't think that anybody really knows what's going to happen with AI. Mm-hmm. I sure don't, but I like all the tools that are coming out with it. But it will never replace the face to face is the place. Yeah. It's kind of like that short and long term. I think, you know, 
there's a lot of great tools and technologies. They're good for efficiency and, you know, yeah, hopping on something quick. And um, But long term, and, you know, we talk about, like, finding the right fit clients for us here. Um, long term, it goes back to kind of what you said face-to-face, having that connection, empathy with your with who you're working with. You know what I love to hear my partners talk about in the earlier days was hand-delivering a proposal. <laughs> and when you hand-delivered a proposal, you were saying something. You're important to me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with a PDF proposal being sent via email. That's just the convenience that technology is provided. But if you really want to make an impact, if it's a local prospect, a hand-delivered proposal, it means something. Uh, if you ask me, hey, Felix, uh, can I send you some flowers or can I just send you a picture of a flower? <laughs> it's so true. Hand-deliver me flowers and you'll make my day. Yeah. So it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Is it, is it, do you want it to be real? Yeah. You know? I love that. So, you know, thinking about your retirement, was there anything in particular that led you to your to the decision to retire and and how have your priorities shifted as you approach this incredible milestone? Yeah, you know, I've had a lot of people this year asking me, you know, what was the what was the deciding factor? What was the decision? What what happened? And you know, when my dad retired, my dad retired three times, and and I you know I, I told my dad I said, how will I know? How will I really know it's time? His answers never changed. He said, my parents call me Tercero, because I'm the third, that's Spanish. He said, Tercero, you'll just know. Nobody will come up to you. You will just know. And I think two years ago, when I had my initial talks with Larry, uh, it was time to you know, succeed. You know, a seed that seed of the director of audit, you know, Matthew was more than qualified and really ready. Um, once I made that decision, mm-hmm. um, and then looking back at just the landscape of all the young leaders that we have stationed throughout this firm, I realized really quickly, it's time. Because I think, I think everybody struggles with, when's the right time? Is it the right time when the firm's at the highest of the highs? Is it the right time when the firm's at the lowest of the lows? Or is it somewhere in between? And I don't know. Um, I just know there was enough great young leaders in this firm. And right now, my health is my wealth. Mm-hmm. And as long as I've got that, I want to capitalize on those moments now and you know, start to enjoy all the appreciation with the people out there that I, that I want to connect with and the people I don't know. And you know, the things I want to explore and, and achieve is just, yeah. Nothing particular happened, but it's just it's just the right time. Yeah, I love it. You Feels just good. you know when you know. Yeah. So, what do you think you'll miss most about you know what aspects of your professional life do you think you're going to miss the most as you look forward to this next chapter? <laughs> you know, it's easy. It's uh, being in the hunt. Okay. I mean, I love you know every everybody who's in the sales side loves the building work. It's it's being in the hunt. You know, for the next gig. Uh, Getting something loaded up into to HubSpot, you know, getting something loaded into a deal, being part of a deal, being asked to be part of a deal mm-hmm. team. You know, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss um, 
I'm gonna miss the little differences. I'm gonna miss all the little differences between all of us, which is, those are the big differences. The little difference is the big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna miss being in the hunt. I'm gonna miss being around my partners and my team members. Uh, it's been a very comfortable family for 29 years. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna miss that a lot. Yeah. Well, we know where you know where to find us. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so finally, you know, what plans? What plans do you have next? Whether it's staying fulfilled, pursuing new passions, what are you most looking forward to? You know, um, my growth. I'm looking forward to my growth mindset. That's going to be a little bit different now. Uh, my growth mindset, uh, while it's still really important professionally and personally, I think the personal side now. I think I'm looking forward to see. What, what else is there for Felix? I've been this CPA advisor for all these years, and mm-hmm. I just know there's more to me than that. I don't even know what it is yet, um, but I do know that I'll find a new meaning and a purpose. And I'll, the only way I'm going to find it is by being still, being silent for about a year, mm-hmm. really just being open-minded as to where I'm being led. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come from being around the people that I miss being around the most. I'm being spending more time with my family, but I do think that uh, if I go into it, if I go into it with the same feeling I had coming to Whitley Penn, which was, man, I had so much enthusiasm, excitement, energy uh, 29 years ago, and, and I'm feeling that all over again. I feel like that rush is going to happen all over again in January of 2024 like it did in January 2025. I'm going to have so much excitement for what is out there, but I know I'm going to circle myself with the close-knit circle of friends that need to be around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm going to need those, those lighthouses, and I'm going to have those lighthouses around me. But... Um, Man, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know, and, and I don't have to know. That's the good thing. Yeah. I don't have to know today. Uh, and I think that's the exciting part of my journey is that uh, next year, if I'm s- silent and still, that meaning and purpose is going to come to me, and I'm going to have to do my part to find it. Hmm. And uh, so I'm excited and ready to do that. Yeah. Well, I know you're a big reader, so I feel like maybe there's like a Felix book out there somewhere in the future that you might work on or something fun. But I don't know. You're going to have to come back and and join us to give us a life update in that year and see where you're at. But thank you so much for joining us. Um, You're obviously a, a dear friend, mentor, and someone I truly admire. So I know on behalf of everyone, thank you for your support, dedication, and all the contributions you made to this firm. I think you've, you're leaving that in such an incredible spot and it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, well, thank so you. thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been a lot of fun. Being I've never had so much fun in my life. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Tell us your favorite part and we look forward to connecting.